section sixty nine of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter thirty five but all in vain i bolt my sentences euripides mrs st clair's generalship was exerted so successfully throughout the evening that without any apparent design the lovers were effectually precluded from exchanging words with each other except in the way of common conversation but this could not always continue she felt she had committed herself with her daughter and must now either act with decision and authority or give up the attempt altogether the first would be a dangerous experiment with one of the countess's high spirit and the other was too galling an alternative to be voluntarily embraced sooner or later she saw it must end in guardians being appointed for her daughter and she therefore determined to put the best face she could upon it and be the first to propose the measure herself not without hopes that while she thus appeared to throw up the reins she might at the same time be enabled the more effectually to strengthen her own hands when the party broke up for the night she took lady rossville's arm and led her to her own dressing-room when dismissing her attendant she thus began gertrude as this is perhaps the last time i may have an opportunity of addressing you under your own roof oh mamma exclaimed the countess seizing her mother's hand do not i beseech you do not recur to what has passed on that subject this house is yours you must not leave it i will not leave you gertrude be calm and hear me no mamma first hear me declare that all remonstrance will prove unavailing that no earthly consideration ever can change my resolution i will not renounce my own free choice lady rossville spoke slowly and she pronounced the last words in a manner which showed that opposition would indeed be vain my object is not to contend with you gertrude said her mother with a sigh for i am fully aware how little influence i now possess over you but my wish is to see you placed under the protection and guardianship of those who if they want a mother's love may soon possess more than a mother's influence say who it is that you would choose for your guardian i choose you mamma for one and my cousin lindsay for another if a third is necessary do you and he appoint whom you please mrs st clair was thunderstruck at the promptitude and decision of this answer and she could only repeat in a tone of amazement mr lindsay your guardian what an idea surely there is nothing wrong in it mamma and who else could i name it certainly is not customary to choose so very young a man for such an office but mr lindsay knows how i am situated i consider myself as having been repeatedly obliged to him beyond the possibility of my ever repaying him and although on one point we certainly differ gertrude blushed as she spoke 
yet that does not prevent my doing justice to his general character i respect and esteem him as my friend as the person who has twice saved me from insult once from destruction and i would fain prove to him in perhaps the only way i may ever have in my power the reliance i have on him by placing myself under his control after the scenes he has witnessed i owe it to myself to make edward lindsay my guardian mrs st clair was silent for some time while in her own mind she balanced the pros and cons of this measure in the first place she disliked the thought of having to deal with a person of edward lindsay's acute understanding unbending principle and high standard of rectitude one who besides already knew too much of her private concerns and consequently could not be impressed with a very favourable idea of her character but to balance these drawbacks he was evidently no friend to colonel delmore and she thought she might safely calculate on his assistance to further any scheme to preserve gertrude from becoming the dupe of his artifices she was aware that he took more than a common interest in her daughter and she had no doubt but she would so manage as by that means to gain an ascendancy over him while she had little fear that he would ever succeed in supplanting his rival she would be on her guard against that and at any rate it was worth running all risks to detach her from her present entanglement still even in this view it was a bitter pill to swallow and she remained thoughtful and disconcerted at last she said you talk of repaying your obligations to lindsay as though it were a benefit you were about to confer on him by choosing him for your guardian are you aware that it is an office attended with much trouble and responsibility and that you will only be adding to the weight of that mighty debt you have already incurred my cousin i know will not consider it in that light and even if he should i would rather be indebted to him than any one else yet there are others on whom you have at least equal claims and whom the world might think rather more suitable guardians for you i do not know to whom you allude mamma it is not for me to point them out to you said mrs st clair with affected dignity if you mean my uncle adam he is out of the question he is so odd i do not mean my uncle interrupted her mother you have still nearer relatives lady rossville coloured at the thoughts of mr alexander black there was a good-humoured vulgar familiarity about him she could scarcely brook and to subject herself to it was more than her proud spirit could submit to she made no reply there is also another person whom i have less scruple in naming to you and either or both of those i believe the world in general would deem perfectly unexceptionable in point of station connection character experience property in short all the essentials for such a trust neither of them certainly are worders or sampreur but they are both what i think fitter for the purpose they are both men of unblemished character respectable understandings mature age and good if not great families but to one or both of these add if you choose any third party such as lord millbank sir peter wellwood lord fairacre all of them you have seen and know something of and one of them 
joined either with mr black or major waddell major waddell exclaimed the countess surely mamma you are not serious major waddell my guardian no that is too really too degrading you assume a vast deal too much with your new dignities said mrs st clair warmly when you presume to talk in that strain of a man born and bred a gentleman and connected too with the first families in the county the time may come when you may know what degradation is and much as you despise my family you may yet but no more of this folly i have named to you no less than five individuals each and all of whom i consider perfectly unexceptionable in every respect well then if i must be so guarded let mr lindsay and you raise a whole regiment of guards if you will with the exception of major waddell everything else i leave to you and my cousin lady rossville laid particular emphasis on the word cousin and now mamma pray dismiss me i am dying of sleep and i of care said her mother with a deep sigh do not say so mamma be assured we shall both be happy in our own way and kissing her gertrude withdrew to her own apartment unwilling as she was to yield mrs st clair felt that she had no alternative sometimes she thought of leaving rossville and taking her daughter along with her but where could they go that colonel delmore would not follow and by adopting violent measures she found she would only drive the countess to extremities perhaps accelerate the very evils she was most anxious to avoid in short after a night of restless deliberation the mortifying conclusion she arrived at was that in this instance she must submit to her daughter's decision and adopt the plan she had declared herself determined to pursue it was particularly disagreeable to her too on account of the footing she was upon with mr lindsay she still stood pledged to him for an explanation of the mysteries he had witnessed but that pledge she had no wish nor intention to redeem the time was past she had nothing to fear from him and she felt averse to recur to a subject which she wished to be for ever consigned to oblivion in spite of all this however the thing must be done and it would be much better done were she to come boldly forward as if of her own free will than if she waited till she was compelled to do so in compliance with her daughter's wish the following morning therefore she sent at an early hour to desire lady rossville to attend her in her dressing-room and gertrude was surprised upon obeying the summons to find her mother already up and dressed as ever since lord rossville's death she had indulged in late hours and secluded herself in her own apartment during the greater part of the day i wish to know gertrude said she in a solemn manner whether you still retain the same sentiments that you professed last night is it still your determination to throw off the parental yoke to publish your distrust of your mother it is still my determination answered the countess gravely to obey my mother in all things compatible with what is due to myself and i proclaim my sentiments to the world when i voluntarily make choice of her as my guardian the other must be edward lindsay lady rossville spoke even more firmly than she had done the preceding night and mrs st clair found that all attempts to turn her from this resolution would prove abortive 
be it so then cried she anything must be better than this state of things give me your arm i mean to breakfast below to-day and they descended together to the breakfast-room where only uncle adam and miss pratt had just appeared these two worthies were in the heat of a colloquy but on the entrance of the ladies it suddenly ceased in a very abrupt and suspicious manner and uncle adam shuffled away to the window with ears pendant while miss pratt who at first was quite thrown on her beam ends began to rally her forces the mystery was simply the last night's wager renewed not without hopes on pratt's side of persuading uncle adam to knock under at once upon the voluminous mass of evidence she was pouring out upon him and which she flattered herself would finally terminate in her fingering the five guineas as she already looked upon them as her own and felt somewhat impatient at being kept out of her lawful property they had however all the air of detected lovers and mrs st clair's antipathy against miss pratt was trebled tenfold as the idea flashed upon her that she was endeavouring to inveigle uncle adam and his seventy thousand pounds into an alliance offensive in the highest degree however their loves were a secondary consideration at present and she allowed them to pass unnoticed in the virtuous intention of crushing them effectually at some future period breakfast passed very heavily there was an evident constraint on all present for even miss pratt was more intent on watching the progress of her wager than in dispensing the usual flow of chit-chat mrs st clair maintained the same haughty reserve towards colonel delmore which he either was or affected to appear quite unconscious of and directed his looks and attentions solely to lady rossville but miss pratt's abstraction seldom lasted long and as she chanced to cast her eye on lindsay she suddenly exclaimed bless my heart my dear what makes you look so ill to-day i was not aware that i was looking particularly ugly this morning answered he ugly my dear that's a very strong word as anthony white says it's one thing to look ill and another thing to look ugly and that there's many a one it would be paying too high a compliment to to tell them they were looking ill for that would imply that they sometimes looked well so you see you ought to be much flattered by my telling you that you are looking ill don't you think so lady rossville i suspect mr lindsay is not easily flattered answered she i was trying my powers with him in that way yesterday but i cannot flatter myself i was successful a fair acknowledgment that you were only flattering me all the while said he forcing a smile i have suspected as much and therefore to punish you for your insincerity i shall certainly remain where i am for this day at least i suspect that will prove rather an encouragement than a corrective of the vice said mrs st clair gaily and lest mr lindsay should next mistake the matter so far as to think of rewarding our plain dealing by running away from us i engage him to attend me now to the library mr lindsay bowed his acquiescence not without some surprise and as he rose mrs st clair put her arm within his and was leaving the room when as if recollecting something she called her daughter to her and contrived to converse her out of the room and to lead her through the suite of apartments till they came to that adjoining the library wait here my love for a few minutes said she i would first speak with mr lindsay alone but it will be necessary you should join us immediately 
lady rossville felt as if she had only been taken there to be away from colonel delmore and she almost smiled in derision at her mother's petty stratagems now cried miss pratt in an exulting tone to uncle adam as the party left the room weel what new demanded he in an undaunted tone that's really speaking out continued she pointing after them and at the same time casting a glance at colonel delmore who had hitherto sat in a sort of bitter scornful silence but on finding himself left at table with such a group as uncle adam lady betty and miss pratt he had immediately risen and after carelessly tossing some fragments of the breakfast to his dog and whistling a french air to him he sauntered away with his usual air of high-bred nonchalance sour grapes whispered miss pratt to uncle adam i'm no very sure about that was the reply as he prepared to creep away to his turret to lizzie lundy and meg merrilies end of section sixty nine